Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes aka apple podcasts google play music stitcher radio soundcloud and tune in radio joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from san diego my guest is a singer songwriter guitar player who right now as we speak is out on the warped tour she recently hosted the live stream for the california roots festival and she has also been in the studio these days, so we will certainly ask her about that. She had released her first solo EP in June 2016. Her other project, Beebs and Her Moneymakers, has released five albums and spent the last seven years touring. You've been hearing a song of hers entitled Sometimes. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Beebs. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Very good. Thanks so much for taking time out to talk to me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Sorry about my voice. Warped tour <laughs> tore it up pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we would probably be disappointed if that wasn't the case. <laughs> you, me, and the listeners. <laughs> I, despite my, the sound of my voice, I am a musician and not, you know, a, a raging truck driver for the last <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> well, I've got a bunch of questions I want to get to today, but first things first. Let's have you tell the listeners all about the song of yours called Sometimes that was just playing during the intro. Uh, Sometimes is a track I wrote. Uh, usually, this I'll, I'll, I digress, Bruce. It's very new to me to do interviews where I actually talk about things because in Beebs and Her Moneymakers, I just make up a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, um, this might be one of the realest interviews I've ever done. We will challenge uh, your creativity then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I generally don't like to talk about the songs because I feel like, you know, I just make music and they're for whoever to interpret for whatever time they're going through. But mm. I wrote that song in a very low place. Um, my, my mom had passed away in 2010 and you think after the years go by, it gets easier. But sometimes it doesn't because I've been on the road pretty steadily since around that time and sometimes you just don't get time to process everything and it hits you really hard later so I was sitting in my house just crying and talking to my mom out loud and ended up writing that song because I was feeling slightly insane for talking to my dead mother out loud in my house by myself and was just thinking like am I totally losing my mind or is this healthy I don't know I didn't consult a psychologist to make sure that it was like normal <laughs> so I was just trying to you know, use the music, you know, as therapy, as I always do. And, um, you know, it, it, when I'm writing songs, I'm never really writing, even if I'm writing from a sad place or an angry place or whatever kind of melancholy place, I never really try to stay there. Like I didn't grow up listening to emo. I grew up listening to punk rock where you get angry and you get over it. So like, <laughs> When I'm writing songs, I never really try to dwell in necessarily in the moment that I'm in. I always try to find the silver lining, if you will. So it was like 
I'm sitting there in my house feeling crazy. And then I'm like, well, no one's going to make me not feel crazy except for myself. So I'm just going to choose to tell myself that this is perfectly normal. And it's totally fine that I speak out loud to whoever I want to, whether they're there or not. And this is the way I'm going to get through it, you know. So that's what that song's about. And I recorded it with an amazing producer named Brett Hesla. He was in Orlando at the time. He's now in Nashville. But um, he's an amazing uh, multi-instrumentalist. It was the first time I ever recorded an album without bringing my full band, you know, in with me. It was just me and me and Brett playing everything and right, you know, making everything. And shout out to Brett Hesla. He's an amazing guy. He used to be the touring bass player for Creed, mm. and uh, produces a lot of a lot of rock pop stuff. Well, I think this is uh, close to a first for us both because. Um... Thank you for giving such a long answer because I, I have to confess I was getting pretty choked up over here listening to you say that. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Nina Lee. She's a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist up in New York. And we were talking about uh, making yourself vulnerable and that songwriters do that all the time. But I don't know that uh, I expected to be vulnerable on an interview with someone who's <laughs> doing the kind of music that you do. And I guess it was uh, caught me off guard. And, you know, you, you finished saying that you don't do too many interviews like this. And so uh, it's a first for you. And, and, I, and I think in, you know, 230 episodes for me, this is, uh, I could probably count on one hand the times that I've gotten choked up like that. I, I'm, I'm, I thank you for not only, like I said, giving such a long answer so I could collect myself, but thank you for making yourself vulnerable and, and opening up because that's that's obviously a subject that, that nobody likes to deal with. So I appreciate you sharing that with uh, with the listeners here. Yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I think over the years I found that, you know, Beebs and Our Moneymakers is the whole premise of the band is that we're our own superheroes and we have all this mythology surrounded by the band and we all wear these crazy costumes. And I love doing that because I come from theater, but I think that created a a platform and, and an illusion that I was just this cartoon character and people would put a lot of pressure on me to mm. solve their problems or think that I'm just like this, you know, I am my own superhero. I've been through a lot of crazy stuff, so I do consider myself <laughs> a superhero for sure. But, um, I decided, you know, within the last couple of years that maybe I should make myself more vulnerable to the public just because I want people to see that I'm a real person and I want them to understand that every now I'm tearing up hmm. that every artist is a real person and we we're also super weird real people we're like you know maybe slightly on the spectrum or you know super awkward and so we a lot of times hide behind our music because that's how we deal with life and I think people think that our lives are perfect or our lives are somehow better than everyone else's because we do what we do, but they're not. <laughs> we go through all the same things and all the same emotions that everybody else goes through. And I think now I'm just on this mission to let people know that I'm the same as you and you're the reason that I get to play music for a living. And you're the reason that I get to do this because you listen to my music, but don't misunderstand and think that my life is any greater than anyone else's you know that I I also struggle from you know depression and sadness and you know things happen in life 
to everyone. No one can escape them. Everyone has to deal with certain things that happen in life, such as death and loss and whatever. So I've just been making an effort to be more real because I think I'll feel less pressure from people when I go out. I feel like sometimes people feel like I'm just supposed to be this character all the time and they expect that from me, which makes me not want to go out and stresses me out. And, um, and I want them to feel hopeful that nothing I'm doing is unattainable. Nothing that I am is unattainable. I'm just a person figuring out life through my art and the art isn't even mine. The art, the, the gift of art and music was given to me to share with everyone, to express all the feelings that we all go through, to give a song or a poem or art for a moment that you're going through because we all feel the same things. Just maybe not everyone is great at interpreting that into music and art, but that's what it's there for, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head because people obviously, and, and, and again, that, that Nina Lee interview two weeks ago on episode 228, you know, we talked about how great it makes a songwriter feel when someone comes to them and says, wow, thank you for insert song title here. It, it's what I really needed. It really spoke to me personally. But again, as you just said, Biebs, you know, I didn't write that song based on something fictitious. Like, I lived that. I have these same real-life problems that you do. Like, thank you that the song touched you, and thank you that you want you your way to tell me that that song really helped you, but don't put me on this pedestal as like, oh, that was so nice of her to write that song because it really helped me. I went through that. I'm going through the same things you are. Like, I'm just the one who wrote it and sang it, but it was very painful for me to write it because it it brought back up the same emotions that I've been going through for eight years now since my mom's been gone. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, at the same time, I, I feel like, like I said, that's why there's I feel like there's a fine line. And that's why I usually don't say anything about what a song's about, because it is about whatever it means to someone else. Sure. And I was given the gift from wherever people believe gifts come from. Um that I was able to put my emotions into words and be brave enough to put them onto a record and be brave enough to put myself out there like that. But it, so it really is for everyone, you know, and I, I don't often yeah. like to get into specifics, but like I said, I'm on this crusade to let people know, like we're all the same. You know, I think for me, I struggle with, I love, I know that I'm here to make music and I know that I'm here to make art. However, the whole celebrity fame part of things doesn't it they present it to you in a nice package like that's what maybe you want. But it's really not that great. You know what I mean? It's not that great to reach that level where you can't go anywhere by yourself and you don't know who's around you because of what their agenda is. And you go through all these different things. And and I I have this theory that if you are real with people maybe they will ex- they'll just treat you like a normal person because you are yeah, you know yeah. they won't they won't see this they won't be starstruck they'll just be like oh you know that's just another person going through what I'm going through they're making art that resonates with me i respect it and give them love but you know i understand that they're not this like you know 
fictitious character. Yeah, I get it. And this is this is really bizarre. This is really random. Talk talk about a, an abstract reference, but for some reason, I'm thinking of the scene in Good Morning Vietnam where it's being talked about how funny Adrian Cronauer is, Robin Williams' character, and they look at him and they say to him, "Do you think you could say something funny right now?" And he's like, "I don't know." And they start laughing like that was hysterical. It's like I'm just being a normal guy, you know, like you. Like yeah. I can picture you trying to just go to a coffee shop somewhere and just you know have a blueberry muffin and a hot drink, and people are like, "Oh." Oh my gosh, Beebs, are you working on a song right now? It's like, no, actually, I hate to let you down. I'm just checking my email. Well, you know, I, I love when I get to do in-person interviews, but I think it's best that we're on opposite coasts right now because I, I think we would have pressed stop on the recording and hugged and started crying. Because of... I know, I probably would have cried for 20 minutes if we weren't on. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's see if we can try to... Uh, turn the corner here and, and lift lift things up a little bit more. I, I mentioned that you are literally right in the thick of things with the Warped Tour, and I know that you've been on the Warped Tour before. In fact, listeners, the Fuse TV show Warped Roadies had even followed Biebs and her band on one of their many Warped Tour runs. So, Biebs, it sounds like that has been almost home for you, if I may, to, to come back over the years, yes? Yeah, uh, it's interesting Beebs and our money makers came from the jam band scene. So we came from a very different place. And then Kevin Lyman saw us at a festival and invited us on all of Warp Tour. And I don't think, I never thought things like that happened. I was like, that, <laughs> that happens. Like, everyone's like, how'd you get on Warp Tour? What'd you do? I'm like, literally, the owner of Warp Tour came up to me and said, I think you guys are the next no doubt. I want you on all of Warp Tour next year. And then two weeks before the tour, he called me and said, by the way, a film crew's coming to Florida to film you. You're going to be on this TV show all summer too. Mm. I'm like, okay, no pressure. Our first big <laughs> national tour and a film crew will be following me around. Okay, sounds good. Um, so yeah, it that really happened, and uh, that was real life in a moment. So Warp Tour has become a home. It's arguably one of the hardest tours to get you and your band through. It's it's gnarly, but so fun. And so it's kind of like this giant family, you know, you see, you see all these people, 800 to a thousand people are part of Warp Tour every year. Um, and you see them and you wave to them. And sometimes you don't really know everyone's name by the end of the summer. But if you see them later, like on another tour or out in public, you just recognize each other yeah. and you're like, Warp Tour? They're like, me too. It's like you were in like Vietnam together. You're like, yeah, mm. good to see you, bro. Like, it was <laughs> like, so- it's that camaraderie of, you know, we did that same hard thing together and we made it through and it was great, you know? So, um, but you just said it's, it's tough to get your band through. What, what, what do you mean by that? You know, it's, it's not like, uh, first of all, you don't find out your set time until nine thirty every morning and that's for every band on the tour. Wow. So, you know, for a band, especially like mine who has costumes and needs to get ready, it takes me like two hours to do all the eyelashes and the makeup and all the things, you know, uh, if, you know, I find out nine thirty that I'm playing at 11 AM, mm. I need to get to it. <laughs> and it's not just that, you know, you have press, you have merch, you're loading our first year of Warped Tour. We drove ourselves. Um, we didn't have a driver. Um, and so it was, we're all taking turns, drinking five-hour energy drink. <laughs> I'd make it to the next town. There's no days off. If there, there's ten, it's 42 shows in 50 days, mm. and so there's 10 days off on the whole tour. And those days are reserved for they're either drive days or laundry days. 
There's oh, no gosh. like real day off. And so yeah. they're not reserved for sightseeing, in other words. Yeah, there's no I've seen every Walmart parking lot in the country. <laughs> like that. Um so yeah, there's no there's no real time off. So it's just gnarly. You're it's hot, you know, you're outside in parking lots all summer long, especially the more you get to like the East Coast where it's humid. And everyone's – all the bands are like, how do you live in Florida? You're like, no, we don't stand outside all day. You know, <laughs> it's not a normal situation. But, uh, but you know, your your day is pretty much 14-hour, you know, 12, 14-hour day because you are finding out your set time. You're promoting your set time. Then you're filling out cards and handing them out to kids because none of the kids know what time anyone's playing and you want to promote your set. Then you have signings and press and you got to go to your merch booth and – then there's food in between that and you got to schedule who's going to get everyone food. It's just a really crazy schedule of a day. And, but it's great for your band and your crew for team building because everyone kind of figures out what their strengths are. Someone's got to go help unload the truck and unload our gear for our stage every day. So two people have to go do that. Two people need to go help the merch person set up their, the merch booth for the day and break down at the end of the night while someone, whoever's driving later gets to sleep for two hours in the middle of all of this, you know? So it's, it's pretty crazy, but it is, like I said, it, it makes every tour after that feel like the Ritz Carlton. Like you can <laughs> do anything you want after making it. <laughs> what do you mean two days off in a row? What in a row? What, what am I? Days. What am I supposed to we're, do? We're staying in a hotel. What? <laughs> well, let me ask you this though: when you said that you don't find out till nine thirty in the morning what your call time is, and it could be eleven. So if you perform at say eleven or eleven thirty, then if I always when I host the show, I feel like if I have this question, I know somebody out there listening does. So if you perform at 11 or 11.30 in the morning, you're done, and then what do you do the rest of the day? Because that's where I'm kind of – I am going to kind of call you out on it and say, well, come on. Then you got the rest of the day off. No, we still have to do press, and we still have to do signings, and we still have to do all the other things. You know, someone has to help go run the merch booth. We still have to break down uh, all of our stuff. Okay. We still – you know, if we got extra time in the day – Maybe someone's skating skating our laundry bag over to somewhere close by or Ubering to go try to get some laundry done. Wow. Like there's still wow. – if you find yourself with those few, you know, extra couple hours of time, it's – there's definitely something that can be done that we have been neglecting for okay. the okay. summer. So. And I want to say for the, uh, the listeners out there who listen every week because you're trying to learn from my guests because you yourself – are an aspiring performer. If this was a video podcast, if if in fact Biebs and I were together, we would be flashing across the bottom of the screen, results not typical, when she was saying about the owner of the Warp Tour coming up to her and saying, hey, you know, and then that's how the story that she told about how she got on it. So, you know, it, does it happen? Yes. Should you bank on that? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know what? This is the last year of Warp Tour ever. And, um, and I was at the owner at Kevin Lyman's house, right, like for a barbecue, right before Warp Tour started this week. And I was telling him all the other stuff that I had going on and the, and these eco festivals that I'm building. And he's like, "Beebs, like that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like that's what I saw in you. Like you're gonna take all this wow. to the next level. Like you're nice. gonna the next big thing, you and your friends." And I started thinking, I'm like, you know. I think that's what should be encouraged when every when all the when all these aspiring artists are like what do I need to be doing what should I be doing you should be doing everything because of course as an artist we're like oh we want to stay in the studio oh I should just be making music yeah but 
no, don't bank on anyone giving you opportunities. You know, you have to create your own opportunities. You can create your own shows. You can create your own festivals. You know, when we first did Warp Tour, we created our own press. We created BAM TV, Beebs and Our Moneymakers TV. And so every day, that was another extra thing we added to our schedule every day. <laughs> every day we would sign up as our own press in the media area. After we did our press, we would sign up as our own press. And then I would interview all these other bands because we didn't know anyone on the tour. I think except for Real Big Fish, we had just met them right before the tour. And I, I thought it was a good way for us to make friends and a good way for us to cross promote with bands that we would neverly normal, never normally go on tour with like metal bands and all these different other bands. So you know, create the job for yourself, create your vision because no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. And I think that we live in a time where, you know, there, yes, there are opportunities where your YouTube channel could blow up and you could be the next big YouTuber or the next big Instagram model or Instagram musician or whatever. Those things are real, but they're, I don't believe there's a true rhyme or reason to them. Yeah, and you, it, it could, your YouTube channel could blow up, but it also could not. So don't put all your eggs in the YouTube basket, or like you said, with Instagram and so on. I mean, at, at the same time, I like where you're going with this, because we are living at a time where you can just create your own festival, your own event, your own whatever, instead of waiting for someone to come to you and say, hey, we'd like you to be a part of ours. But you know, at the same time, I, I like your encouragement of, of just try everything. Yeah, you just got to try everything. I mean, when I lived in Orlando and I was started Meebs and Money Makers, we made our first music video before we ever had an album out and we made it with Full Sail. Like, look at the resources around you. Full Sail is a music school in Orlando and where the kids are learning, they have great equipment and great teachers. A lot of my friends taught there, so they helped. Um, you know, we would I would write the treatment plans with my friends and they would get the students to make, you know, we would all make the videos together. Look to your community and the people around you, I think a lot of times artists are like, oh, if I work with this producer, my album's going to be successful because they worked on this uh, you know, album with a band that I liked. Well, when you're in the studio, a producer is who you vibe with. You're capturing a moment in time. Just because you're paying someone who made another successful album doesn't mean they're going to vibe with you. But if you just look around your friend circle, find the people who bring out the best in you and find the people who uplift you the most, that should be your producer. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some famous guy that did some other album. You know, when you're looking around to make a video, find your friends who are creative and that bring out the best in your create in your visionary, you know, in your, in your vision. And I think that we forget when we're sometimes people forget when they're aspiring for goals that everything they need is around them because everything you're inspired by and everything that's driving you to be at that level is literally surrounding you at that moment. So for you to look outside of that, isn't always the best way to approach it, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Before before we get off the subject, uh, how has this Warp Tour been going? I, I know that, that this is the final one. In fact, uh, Rose Cora Perry, who is the guest back on episode 185, will be performing on the only Canadian date on the tour, uh, July 17th. But Biebs, has it felt any different this time at all because it's the last one? I feel it does feel different. I only did the first two days with Real Big Fish. I sang with them um, for a couple of days. And then Beebs and Our Moneymakers will be performing the last four days in Florida. But um, it does feel different as just the crowd is more hyped than ever because they know they're experiencing something 
that they get to experience again. And the bands too, like everyone knows like this is the last time that we're ever going to be able to do this. And I think everyone feels honored, so honored, so much more honored than even any other year to be a part of the very last um, Warp Tour because it is the end of an era. Like I've been going to Warp Tour since I was 12 years old. Like, <laughs> you know, like I saw all my, my favorite, that was, that was my thing. That was the only thing my parents let me do by myself, you know, like with, <laughs> so it was, um, it, it's the end of an era and, and it feels very blessed to be a part of it in any capacity. And I think that's just the general vibe from fans and musicians nice, right now. Nice. Well, speaking of events, I mentioned in the intro that you hosted the live stream for the California Roots Festival. Uh, where where was that streamed? Over the event website or Facebook or YouTube or, or some other platform? And then, you know, how was that experience for you? How much work was that? Is is, is that something that you'd like to do again? Mm, it was a lot more work than showing up and playing for an hour. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, it was like 14-hour production days. But I did, you know, I played the festival had my clothing line there and hosted the live stream. And it was a lot of work. I ended up bringing, again, you know, look to your friends. When you have a big task at hand, look to your friends. So I brought my whole crew, like my four-person crew of my best friends who have been ride or die with me since the beginning pretty much Nice uh, to help me, you know, facilitate everything and run the booth and help me get all the stuff done. It was a new experience. It was definitely challenging but and I was I'm not gonna lie and say I was oh I was like oh I got this before going into it no I was like oh this is gonna be gnarly I've never done this (laughs) um the live stream hosting a live stream is much different than just doing an interview just because you know I might be doing an inner five minute interview with a band that I you know don't know a whole lot about you know I know their bullet points and then I'm wrapping up the interview and the producer's telling me, keep going for five more minutes. And oh, then there's stage line and I'm like, oh, I got to make stuff up. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm really good at improving um, <laughs> a bit under the gun, but that doesn't mean that in my brain I'm going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Right. You know, but um, you don't know what you're made of until you push yourself to do it, you there know? You and, uh, there you go. And so I'm grateful to Cali Roots for the opportunity and for them believing in that I could handle the task. And now I have that confidence in myself. Like, yeah, I can host a live stream. No problem. You know, it was, like I said, it was challenging, but, uh, now I know that me and my team can, can facilitate all those things and I can play and I can ha- do all these things at the same time. Very so cool. very it was cool. a growing experience and very cool. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is if you're emailing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with someone and all of a sudden they present you with something that you're not interested in, don't just disappear and all of a sudden no longer respond to emails. You just have to politely turn it down, but you can't just stop writing the person back altogether. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. 
The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Listeners, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you've ever wondered where does he get all his guests from, you know, how does he line up these people? Well, one other highlight we can add in to Beeb's resume is that she is now part of the Tascam family. You have hopefully heard past guests on this show, Roy Orbison Jr., Derek Norsworthy, Jessica Lynn, the Hazelrig brothers, and more talk about their experiences with equipment from Tascam. And you certainly know that I use all Tascam gear in doing this show, whether I'm set up here recording or out on location doing interviews at events. And Beebs is using the DR10 series for video work, actually. Check out the extensive line of recording solutions at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S. C-A-M.com. Biebs, what about that? that? That has to be exciting for you, getting on board with Tascam. I'm so pumped. Seriously, shout out to Tascam for supporting independent artists. And um, when Garrett, my, when my manager was on the phone with uh, Tascam and they were figuring everything out, Tascam said the sweetest, the sweetest things are like, look, you know, when you're making your videos, you don't have to you know, task him, task him, task him. We just want you to use the product and love it because we just want to support art. You know, there's a lot of companies that want you to use their stuff and they're like, okay, here's all the requirements of what you need to do for us to send you this stuff. And the way task him approached it and they're them just wanting to just support art and make sure that the artist has everything they need to make the videos and the recordings that at the quality they need to just for the sake of art without being, you know, so self-serving made me want to use Tascam and everything I do because I don't, that's rare. I don't find a lot of companies that truly just want to support art, yeah. you know, because that's what's important to them. Yeah. And so shout out to Tascam for being one of the realest companies I've ever talked with. <laughs> nice. Like, like nice. seriously, like, I'm going to say their name a million times <laughs> because they support my art. You know what I mean? Like I'm not ever going to say it, you know, because they're like, Oh, you have to, I'm not that kind of person anyway. But I think when you approach artists like that and you're like, look, you know, artists are, we're self-conscious and we second guess ourselves all the time. And sometimes we want to give up on ourselves. But when you have companies and people like, look, I'm going to give you all the tools you need to make sure your art is as dope as it can be. That gives us all this extra, boost of energy and creativity and empowerment that we sometimes really need, you know? Well, uh, let me, let me continue to pay it forward and say that here's an idea for you to go to Tascam with, tell them that you'll design a tie dye Tascam shirt for them to, you know, to give them something really cool to stand out from, from the rest yeah! of the crowd. There you go. <laughs> I noticed that Nam, like our whole crew walked into Nam this music conference, like all in tie-dye. Everyone there was in black. So I think you're onto something. Bruce, there you go. I'm, I need to tie-dye this up. This is too, too, it's too black over here. There you go. Well, I know your focus is the Warp Tour right now, but... I do know that you're also in the studio recording these days. Where are you recording? Meaning, you know, what city and what studio? But more importantly, what will this project be? When can listeners look for a new release? Oh, well, <laughs> I have released an album almost every year that I've publicly been playing music. And 
honestly have only had maybe two to three weeks to make the albums and then do the album release. So this time I'm really taking my time and allowing myself to take the time to really hone, hone in all these songs. I started making all this new music back home when I was in Florida at my friend Jason Noon's studio, Garden House Studios over in Satellite Beach, Florida. And so I did a couple tracks over there. I did a couple tracks at Dave Irish's studio, Pot of Gold, over here in Anaheim, which he did the last two Beebs and our Moneymakers albums. That That's like the Real Big Fish camp, basically. That's Real Big Fish's studio. And then most recently... I've been working with two new producers, um, one Hilton Deuce Wright, who did a lot of Big Sean stuff, um, and then my really good friend who I met on Warp Tour, which brings it all full circle, um, Red, who is in a band called Red Gold Green out of D.C. We've been collabing on making all these beats and making a bunch of new music, as well as I have uh, McGill, Mike Capapult, who produced and engineered the Sublime albums back in the day. He's in Long Beach Dub All-Stars. Um, so I've been working with all these, like pretty much a culmination of all these producers. I, I consider myself a producer as well. And so I've been collabing with all these other producers to make this new music. I have a hard time nailing down a genre for myself because I'm so influenced by so many different genres of music. Um that I felt like I needed a whole team of badass producers who were great at what <laughs> in their spaces and then kind of just putting everyone together making everyone listen to each other's mixes and, and ah. really refining it from everyone's perspective. And it's been really cool process and I haven't been trying to rush it because I'm really focused on making timeless music. And I don't think that you can rush things like that, you know, I like it. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really fun as far as I'm hoping to release, um, a single from all the stuff that I've been doing by the fall, cause I'll be back out, you know, on tour a little bit in the fall. So hopefully by then I might also secretly release some like jam, studio jam sessions on ah, my sound, okay. on my SoundCloud just to give people, you know, like, Hey, this is all the fun I've been having. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Beebs, you're in San Diego. Your your Twitter says Florida. You've mentioned Orlando. I, I'm in Tampa, and I and I get all excited when I see that a guest might be Florida based. Uh, so it sounds like you're full. What what's the deal? You're full time in San Diego. You still come back here? Like when and why did you move to San Diego? I I still have my place in Florida, over in Indy Atlantic, and uh, my community in Indy Atlantic and Melbourne Beach, the Melbourne Brevard County area, is super important to me as well as the Orlando uh as well as the Orlando scene like I said when you're creating you don't want to discredit or overlook the people that are around you that are inspiring you and I get a lot of inspiration from my community right and so I it's hard for me to give that up so I keep my place in Florida and uh so that when I go back me and my friends have a creative space to you know just be silly at and make some music uh, and then I have my place out here. I'm, I've been staying in San Diego the majority of the time and then just flying back to Florida for shows and staying, you know, a little extra week or so to work on some music. But, um, but why San Diego and, and when did you move out there? Uh, I moved out here in December because my whole oh. team. Okay. That's recent. 
yeah, my whole team, my manager and, you know, a lot of my team is out here and I was flying back and forth in between tours to do studio sessions and meetings and all these different things. And I was looking at my flight bill like this is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to I really need to figure this out. And so um, I moved down to San Diego because that's where my manager was at. And I a lot of my work's in L.A., but I'm just not a city person. I'm very much a beach person or a woods person. I need that to stay grounded. I don't mind making the hour and a half, two-hour drive to L.A. Yeah. If it's weekly because it's very important for me to maintain my own homeostasis. Like traffic, the L.A. traffic makes you a totally different human being. Yeah, like I it does. It I, does. I can't sacrifice myself for that. I just can't. Well, and when when you're you know when when you're coming from where we are in Florida, you know, you and I are used to a certain type of lifestyle here. And so if you can move out there because it makes sense for your career, but then you can also say, I can still get a bit of that Florida feel by living in San Diego instead of, you know, dropping yourself in the middle of L.A. just because it seems like the thing to do, then you sort of get the best of both worlds. All my musician friends that live there are like, I hate living here. I'm like, all right, well, on the weekends, you can come down to San Diego by the beach, (laughs) get away and make some music. So it's actually really easy to get everyone to just come here because they're like, I want to get out. Okay, great. (laughs) Well, we've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 134 countries around the world. Obviously, there are going to be people listening to this episode because they are fans of yours, Biebs. But for those who are checking out this episode because they listen regularly, and thank you to those folks, by the way. Thank you very much. Talk, Biebs, about the solo Biebs versus Biebs and her moneymakers since we've re- we've referenced kind of both. Uh, and, and back in the intro, I had made a reference to all that you did with them. And I said that you had released a solo EP two years ago. So just talk to those listeners who are being introduced to you for the first time, just a little bit about each. Because uh, obviously they both exist. In other words, I want the listeners to understand that it's not that Biebs and her moneymakers, oh, that's a thing of the past, and I went solo, that's why I released that EP in 2016. Yeah, Biebs and her moneymakers, when I tour, I still tour as Biebs and her moneymakers. That's that's still a, a thing. Uh, the backing band is just the moneymakers forever. That will always be the way it is. Um, as far as releasing music under Biebs and her moneymakers, it's mostly that, you know, like I said, Biebs and her moneymakers start off as like a funk, blues, soul kind of a little bit jammy band and that was kind of the scene that we were always in and when we got linked up with Warp Tour we kind of naturally and by necessity morphed into a ska band because kids on Warp Tour were not into funk music they're like oh my mom likes this I'm out like (laughs) 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 and so um so because of Warped Roadies and because of all the press and all the stuff that Warp Tour got us in the TV show uh, and then naturally becoming friends with Real Big Fish and making a couple albums that were very ska-based albums with them in a time when we were being marketed very heavily. We kind of got, um, these are my makers would play with everybody. Before Warped Tour, I mean, we opened for Willie Nelson, for Cypress Hill, for mm. uh, whoever, like anybody and everybody, um, because we kind of fit with everyone. We had such an eclectic uh, sound. And... And we're also we're also very good at catering our set to whatever kind of style of, of you know festival we're playing. If we're playing a reggae festival, we're gonna like make a couple songs in reggae style to appease that crowd while still playing all of our other music. You know, uh-huh. we're really we've always been really good at 
at morphing and kind of going with the flow. Um, but Warped Tour, like I said, it branded us so much as a ska band that it be- came to the point where our booking agent could only wrap his head around booking us with other ska bands, which there aren't that many, I see. Uh, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> it became very difficult. And I, I wanted to break out of that. Um, also, ska is super fun for live shows, but for singing, I don't always get to showcase my vocal capability because I'm singing real fast and jumping around and doing all this stuff. And I'm really a soul jazz singer, you know, at the end of the day. Mm. So, um, I was missing being able to really sing really pretty, you know, and, and do that kind of stuff. So, and I felt like the fans didn't want that. I don't know. You know, as an artist, you go through all your own things in your head that probably no one really cares about. But you're, you're... <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned about reggae because um, stick around, folks. At the end of today's show, we're going to play another song by Biebs in its entirety. I won't talk over it. But, you know, when I heard the song that we're going to play, it felt kind of reggae to me. And it made me think of episode 197 of this show with reggae singer-songwriter Marty Dredd from Hawaii. So I'm I'm glad that you touched on that because I know that your that that Biebs and her moneymakers, it's considered funk slash soul slash ska. This is what you'll see written online, listeners. And and your music, Biebs, is described as indie slash pop slash soul, which you just addressed. So I'm glad that that you've made that differentiation. So the recording that you're doing right now that you were describing the the project that will be released as solo Biebs, am I right? It, I'm not honestly 100% sure yet. Just okay. follow both Biebs and Biebs and my makers on Spotify <laughs> and, and iTunes. And then we're, it's, it just depends on wherever the music falls, at the, you know, okay. when we're all done with it. But I think at the end of the day, I if I have to classify myself as a genre, which I hate because I like making everything. I just started a country, si- a country punk rock side project with another friend. I got jazz stuff. I got reggae stuff. I have a, a lot of what I'm making right now is very hip hop based, um, hip hop soul based. So, and collabing with so many different artists because I've always been in every scene. I've been in the jam scene, the punk rock scene, the reggae scene. I'm a little bit in all the scenes. So, I've been making a lot of music with a little bit of everybody. And it's because I hate being put into a genre. I hate having to pick what it is. So I told I told my manager the other day, I'm like, just call it pop. Whatever I'm doing, just call it pop because then that covers hip-hop, country, funk. It covers all of it. I love you know it. What I, mean? I love it. Listeners, I am joined today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from San Diego by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Biebs. Check out her official website at biebsmusic.com. And then there are links there to her Facebook, her Twitter, her YouTube, and her Instagram. You will find her music on iTunes, Spotify, CD Baby, all the usual suspects. You even heard her mention SoundCloud, which is one of the platforms that this show is available on. And, and this is something I'll ask her about in just a minute, Check out the extensive selection on BeebsMusic.com in the boutique section. And since there have been a number of references, I should also mention another website as well, BeebsAndHerMoneyMakers.com. I would love it if you would engage with me, with the show, on social media at NHTE.net. There are icons that you can click on for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even the NHTE listeners Facebook group. Please take a minute to like, to follow, and so on. Uh, Biebs, what about that? Custom clothing, tie-dye, jewelry, art? As if being a songwriter isn't enough, you're really showing your creative flair that way. 
Well, you know, my creativity has ADHD. Don't let anyone tell me. <laughs> no, ADHD is actually a superpower in case <laughs> I love it. said that they needed medication for it. You just have to find all the healthy outlets for it. That's all. It. <laughs> and, um, that's why I have all this stuff. I'm very passionate about fashion and um, and visual art. And I, you know, a lot of times especially when I'm in a weird place in my mind. Sometimes I, or I'm very much come from the music business end of the industry. So I can't unknow that. So sometimes my brain is just in business mode and um, I'm marketing, figuring out these plans and I really need to get out a song and it's hard to go straight from business mode to writing a song. So visual art and fashion design help me get to back to the music always so they kind of feed each other uh, same as when I'm in the studio making a song I have the vision of what the video is going to look like and the treatment plan while I'm making the song so it all goes hand in hand um, so that's why the clothing line exists and I think that's another reason why I've just been pushing just the Biebs brand in general so much because I'm always going to have a lot going on I'm going to have my own festivals and um, my own whatever studio whatever it is I create I can't I don't know what the future holds but I know it holds a lot because my brain is doing a lot (laughs) (laughs) well but all that is an extension of who you are too I mean certainly your music is because you're the songwriter and so you're conveying your thoughts through song but you know something like custom clothing you know tie-dye jewelry art that's that's an extension of who you are so it's another way you know that people can become a part of all things Biebs instead of, yeah, I like her music and I go to her shows. Well, you know, here's a different way, you know, to kind of, to kind of extend the vibe. Well, it makes it really fun too. Cause you know, like I'm getting ready to release clothes with the singles. Well, when I start releasing the singles, there'll be limited edition run of clothing items that will go with each single. And that makes it really fun for me because I don't have the pressure of producing thousands of garments you know I can just focus all my love and attention on these few individual garments and people get something really special that um that I think they wouldn't other norm you know normally get out of out of just the music you know yeah, so there you go. it's it's uh, it's been a really fun fun process to have all this going on and shout out to my entire team of badass friends because without them, without, you know, my manager Garrett and my friend Christine and Wendy and all my friends that are on board, you know, I have my own hot sauce because my best friend makes hot sauces inspired by bands. So we help each other, you know, my whole team is so rad and without them, I would not be able to, my ADHD would probably suffer. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the A and the the H, you know, (laughs) If I didn't have them around to help facilitate all my crazy ideas and plans and and to support me. So that's shout great. out to my entire community for yeah, being that's so a good, that's a good tribe. I like that you said that when you are in the studio doing a song that you're already picturing a video because there is a video for the song that we're going to close with today. And I watched it and, and it looks like you must have had an awful lot of fun making that. Tell the listeners all about doing that video so that they can then go off and watch it on your YouTube channel. So that song, Life is Too Short, is the first song I've ever released that I didn't write the music for. Uh, The music was actually done by Wayne Lothian of the English Beat, the bass player from the English Beat. And Kaleo from Pepper brought that that track to me, that rhythm to me, and was like, hey, let's, you know, I want to collab, let's collab on a song. 
made this with Wayne. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. You know, I've, I've never done that process. I've always been involved in the music part of it. But I'm like, all right. So I wrote the song. Like, when I hear music, I can write very quickly, you know. So I wrote the song in, like, four minutes wow. <laughs> on the way to the studio. And wow. then when I got to the studio, you know, Kaleo and I really – focused on arranging the song and and all, all the parts and stuff um and then the video you know pepper was getting ready to go on tour i'm getting ready for cali roots it was crazy and we're like let's just showcase the community that we that i'm currently living in which ha- is filled with all these beautiful murals and i'm like cleo you can skateboard right because skateboarding is one of my favorite things ever to do mm-hmm. aside from music and I'm like, all right, let's just go skateboard and just have a fun day with murals. And I'm going to bring my dog. And can my dog be the cover photo for the single? And he's like, for sure. Your dog's so cute. <laughs> so, <laughs> we just really had a lot of fun. And it was the first time that I had like three, you know, three different entities be involved in a piece of work that I was doing. And I really let go and just trusted that all these badasses, you know, handle their department of, of making, you know, what we made. And so... It was a totally new process and totally fun. I've never made anything in the reggae vein before. And um, so it was just great because both of those guys, Wayne and Kaleo, are both really sweet, talented, awesome, uplifting people, really positive people. So it was the perfect summer track to make with really rad guys. Yeah, and to wrap up kind of everything that we've talked about in in a real convenient package, it it all comes full circle, It, it is a video that shows you getting to just be yourself and, and be fun and show skateboarding and, and the, and the kind of coastal life that you like, you know, the San Diego community. So I really think that that's a good summation that that video kind of encapsulates Biebs very well. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Xylem Collective for making that video. I think it's so cool. Like what they, how, you know, I had a vision, we had a vision, but their edits, Xylem's where it's at. Well, we are going to play it in its entirety, uh, Biebs, unless there's anything further that you want to say about the song itself. Uh, I certainly want to say thank you. It's been great talking with you. I really enjoyed it and um, wish you continued best. And, and hopefully our paths will cross in person someday, either when you're back here in Florida or the next time that I'm out west. Yes, I'll be playing the St. Pete Warp Tour, so maybe I can I can see go. you then. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be real and for having such a beautiful platform that's spread so far and wide. And thank you everyone for listening. And seriously, as cliche as it sounds, like don't give up on yourself and don't think that someone else has the answer for your dreams because it all lives in your head. You just got to actualize it. I love it. I love it. Biebs, thanks for, for opening yourself up and, and doing this today. I, I'm very grateful. Yes, thank you, and thank you for dealing with my raspy voice. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Biebs. Do visit her official website, BiebsMusic.com, and then engage with her on social media, meaning like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Of course, we will have a link to her website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Remember that you can find her music on iTunes, Spotify, CD Baby, and so on, even on SoundCloud. And 
You heard her talk about the extensive line in the boutique section of her website. So check that out as well. And as I mentioned, there's a website, beebsandhermoneymakers.com, that you can look at also. As for me, I would really love it if you would engage with me with the show on social media at nhte.net. There are icons that you can click on for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even the NHTE listeners Facebook group. Please take a minute to like, to follow, and so on. Send me some kind of something on one of those to say hello and let me know that you listened to the Beebs episode. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of NHTE. We'll send you out today with another song from Beebs. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Life is Too Short. Nothing quite as nice as the feeling of the sweet sunshine
never find me there 